This workshop is entitled Everyday Witnessing Simplified. And then uh, at uh, 4.30, Alex will have the other workshop about uh, reaching out to Muslims. Okay, so my name is Kasper Struxnes, and uh, I am uh, from Denmark, currently living in Odense, where I'm studying medicine. And I've done that uh, for almost a year now. And in this workshop, we're going to look at how we can witness for Christ in our everyday life. So now we are here at ASI and we are doing outreach and we're doing mission. But then what about when we go home? Is mission just an activity that we are doing for certain events or is it just more than that? Is it more than that? So I will talk about personal evangelism and it's not that this is the only way to witness for Christ, but we need very much public evangelism. We need evangelistic series and more institutional evangelism. But I, what I will share is about in our everyday life, how can we, in our conversations, witness for Christ, both to our friends and our classmates and colleagues, and also to strangers that uh, we will meet. So. Um, I will begin by having a word of prayer and then we will dive into the subject. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you have called us to be your witnesses and it is a privilege and a responsibility that you have given us. And I pray that you will help us now to understand a little bit more of how we can witness for you in our lives. Amen. Okay. So I will begin with a little exercise, or I will read some verses from the Bible, and then you should pay attention and see if you can find the similarity between all the verses that I read. Okay? So I will just read through them, I will not comment on them, and then you should try to listen and find the similarity. Okay, so that's also a good exercise for listening, because actually witnessing is even I think even more about listening than speaking. Okay, so the first verse is from Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16. Okay, and it says, When the even was come, they brought unto him, that is Jesus, many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Okay, Matthew 9, 2. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Okay, in the same chapter, I'm reading verse 32. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. Matthew 12:22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Okay, I don't know if you are catching the similarity. But I will read a few verses from Mark as well. Mark chapter 6 and from verse 54. And when they were come out of the ship, 
straightway they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole. Okay, I think I will skip the last verses. So, does anyone have a, an idea? What was the similarity between all these verses? So maybe there were more? So healing was one of them? Yeah? Bringing, okay. So in all these verses, it says, it has the phrase, they brought someone to him. They brought to him. So in all these stories, it is someone that brings someone to Jesus. And I've tried to look actually at, at all the miracles of Jesus. And in most of them, um, it is not people coming to Jesus by themselves, but it is someone that brings them to Jesus. And I just want to make this point that most people, they will not come to Jesus just by themselves. Of course, it is always the Holy Spirit drawing people. However, most people come to Christ because someone brings them to Christ. Few people do it without any interactions with other people. So someone brings someone to Christ. Okay, a question. So why did these people bring uh, people to Christ? Why did they carry them to him? Mm -hmm. They know that Jesus has the power. Yes. Okay. So it was because they wanted the best for these people and they knew they were not able to help themselves, but Jesus could help them. So they did what they could, bringing them to Jesus, and then they would be healed. Okay. So I've sometimes been thinking, I wish that I was living at this time because then I... It was easy to bring people to Jesus, right? You just had to take them and you will drag them to Christ and then just done. Good times. <laughs> okay, so today it's not just like that. But we're going to speak about today, how can we then bring people to Christ today in our lives? But I will start with making a few points from the passages that we have read about how we can bring people to Christ. So one point I thought about was, these people that brought people to Christ, it would maybe have been easier for them just to, yeah, not do it. They had to also prioritize the well-being of these people in order to actually mind doing it. So, but do you think that the people that brought other people to Christ, were they also happy as they saw them being healed? You think so? I think so. And I'll read a quote here from Great Controversy that, that I think is important to be reminded of. And it speaks about um, the joy that we will uh, see in heaven. So it says, With unutterable love, Jesus welcomes his faithful ones to the joy of their Lord, that is, in heaven. The Savior's joy is in seeing in the kingdom of glory the souls that have been saved by his agony and humiliation. Okay, so Jesus, he will be happy 
when he sees all the ones that have been saved because of his sacrifice. And then it says, and the redeemed will be sharers in his joy as they behold among the blessed those who have been won to Christ through their prayers, their labors, and their loving sacrifice. As they gather about the great white throne, gladness unspeakable will fill their hearts when they behold those whom they have won for Christ and see that one has gained others and these still others, all brought into the haven of rest, there to lay their crowns at Jesus' feet and praise him through the endless cycles of eternity. So think about it. If you are there in heaven and someone would come up to you and say, Casper, I am here because of your labors, your sacrifice, your prayers. Wouldn't that be amazing? I think as we are also sharing the work of Christ, that is what will bring true joy to us. And what I think is really interesting was this word. They have been won through their prayers. When I read that, it really struck me. There might be people in heaven because of my prayers. Have you thought about that? It struck me. And, and that made me think, okay, if, if my prayers can actually be influential in people getting there, I really need to pray for the people that are around me. And of course, also combined with labor and sacrifice. Okay. So I think it's just good to be reminded of this, um, of how meaningful it is in the eternal perspective to work on witnessing for Christ. And, and I, I feel also, as Herb was talking about yesterday, it's not just a reward in heaven, it's also here. At least if you have experienced it in bringing someone to Christ, or just maybe someone bringing one step closer to Christ, that is very meaningful. For me myself, when I was a Bible worker and uh, I had, uh, I had uh, Bible studies with people, I went there every week, it was always a good experience. And there were some times where I could just see that the Lord was working with the one I was studying with, that I was sharing these things and this person was touched to tears and the person just understood more of the plan of salvation and understood her need of Christ. When I, when I went away from there, I just felt so happy that it doesn't compare with anything else. Um, so that is, I think, an important to remind ourselves of how meaningful it is, even though it might be uh, a sacrifice for us. Okay, so maybe another point here from the passages that we read is in order to bring someone to Christ, you must also know where he is to be found. And there is this quote from Minister of Healing saying, the gospel we present for the saving of souls must be the gospel by which our own souls are saved. Mm -hmm. And I also come back to that uh, about sharing, not just theory, but about sharing what the grace of God has done in our lives. Okay, but Sometimes I've been thinking, okay, so this thing about witnessing for Christ in our lives, can we just get a like, a, um, from a, an experienced evangelist, like a to-do list, very precise, this is what you are going to do, say this, doom, 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 and everything will be fine. 
I don't think so, because it's not only about certain uh, strategies and so on. There are things that we can learn that can be very helpful, but I want to bring up this point about our own personal preparation. So this is a well-known uh, quote, I think, from Steps to Christ, saying, Consecrate yourself to God in the morning. Make this your very first work. Let your prayer be, Take me, O Lord, as wholly thine. I lay all my plans at thy feet. Use me today in thy service. Abide with me and let all my work be brought in thee. Okay, so I'm especially thinking about this sentence, use me today in thy service. Okay, question. If we pray this prayer, will God answer this prayer or will he not? How do we know that he will answer the prayer? It's his will. Yes, because the prayers that we can be sure that when we pray them, we will also get an answer or he will also give that to us is the prayers that are according to his will. It's, it's a promise. It says so in, in 1 John 5 and verse 14 and 15. Okay, so if we are praying this prayer, we can also believe that God will actually use us in his service. And I think it's important to pray about it because if we are not focusing on it and praying about it and being intentional, chances are that even if God he opens some good opportunities, we may not see them or we'll maybe just try to avoid them. But if we are praying that he will open opportunities and use us, I think that uh, will also change the mindset that we have in our everyday life. Okay, this one, I think I'll skip. I've also sometimes been thinking about, so is there anyone interested? So we are called to witness for Christ, but sometimes as I'm looking at normal people here in Denmark, is there really anyone interested in spiritual things, like in the Bible? It doesn't seem like that sometimes. I mean, when I look at my classmates, the things they're talking about and so on, I don't see so much interest. Okay, but I've been reading a quote. I think I heard it two years ago, also at an ASI convention, and that, that really spoke to me. So it's from Acts of the Apostles, and it says, this Ethiopian, so it's a comment on the story of Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, this Ethiopian represented a large class who need to be taught by such missionaries as Philip, men who will hear the voice of God and go where he sends them. There are many who are reading the scriptures who cannot understand their true import. And then it says, all over the world, men and women are looking wistfully to heaven. All over the world, there are people looking wistfully, that is like with longing to heaven. Prayers and tears and inquiries go up from souls, longing for light, for grace, for the Holy Spirit. Men, many are on the verge of the kingdom, waiting only to be gathered in. Okay, so it says that all over the world, there are people looking wistfully to heaven. Would that include even Scandinavia? It says all over the world. So we must believe that. So I was thinking about it and saying, okay, there must be, according to this, people that are actually looking with longing towards heaven. But, okay, God, then you must send me in contact with some of these people. 
because I don't know where they are. <laughs> and so um, th there was a few days after this, I will tell a little experience. Um, me and my fellow Bible worker, we, we prayed, we, we were thinking about what it said here. And then we prayed that God would send someone looking wistfully to heaven in contact with us. And Michaela knows what the story is about. She was part of it. So uh, my fellow Bible worker, she went to the central station in Copenhagen, and he, she went there to just talk to people. And uh, it's a very long story, so I'll cut it short. She met a guy there that was from Norway. He was uh, 25 years old, and he was actually on a spontaneous trip to Germany, but as he came to Copenhagen, he had to uh, get a ticket for the train from Copenhagen down to Germany, but he couldn't pay the ticket there on the station. So the train left and he was just sitting there. And then my fellow Bible came to her, to him, and talked to him. And uh, they got in a good conversation and uh, she then invited him back to the church in Copenhagen, um, or I was and Mikael was as well. So, um, yeah, it so happened that he, he was not a Christian, he was not a believer. He had thought about if there was something more between heaven and earth. Um, but long story short, he stayed at our place there in the church for the weekend. He came to church with us next day. And for the rest of the day, we were talking to him for the next five, six hours. And um, we had the opportunity to share some things uh, about how the Lord had helped us. And it really spoke to his situation. He was just listening very intensely and said, I'm having the same problems. And we were just, wow. <laughs> Did God send him all the way from Norway? And, and um, he then, after that day, he, had, he went back to Norway, so he didn't come to Germany at all. But um, we then later went to Norway to visit him. And then he told us his part of the story, that after this weekend in Copenhagen, when he was in the bus on the way home, he had thought to himself, okay, I think that I need God in my life. And he had prayed his first prayer since he was seven years old. He was 25 at this point. And he had come back to his classmates and said, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian now, shouldn't we talk about God? And he started <laughs> to go to church. And, and I just thought, wow, there are really some people looking with longing to heaven. Maybe they don't know exactly what they're looking for, but God, he can send them into our lives. And that was just amazing to be part of that and to see uh, see how the Lord, he can make these divine appointments that we have no chance of making. Okay. Um, so, what are we then to say as we are to witness for Christ? So, um, this quote I actually uh, learned at, I was, uh, have been on a Bible school, FCO Europe in Portugal, and uh, in the first week I was there, Dan Milares, he was the instructor. Many of you know him. And uh, we had to learn this quote by heart in his classes. So that was not so difficult for me. But what was difficult, I, it, it was a challenging quote for me. So let's read it. 
It says, as witnesses for Christ, we are to tell what we know. Okay, first of all, does that make sense? Okay, so is God's claims to us, are they reasonable? Yes. yes. He tells us to tell what we know. We also have examples from the Bible, of course, of the demoniac. God, he freed him from, from the evil spirit. And he, want, he wanted to go with Christ, but Christ said, go into your own town and tell about what I have done for you. He, he hadn't gone to a mission school or uh, had heard any sermon, but he had an experience with Christ. He could tell what he, know, he knows. Okay, so we should tell what we know, what we ourselves have seen and heard and felt. If we have been following Jesus step by step, we shall have something right to the point to tell concerning the way in which he has led us. We can tell how we have tested his promise and found the promise true. We can bear witness to what we have known of the grace of Christ. This is the witness for which our Lord calls and for want of which the world is perishing. Okay. So what is it that the world needs, according to this? It is that we should bear witness to what we have known of the grace of Christ in our lives. Okay, so as I read this and as I memorized it, I thought, do I have things to say right to the point? about the way Jesus has led me when I was speaking to people. And I felt like I didn't really have it so often. So that led me to two things. First of all, it made me think, if I am to be an effective witness for Christ, I need to follow Jesus step by step. I cannot just leave Jesus out of my life and then be an effective witness for him. I must follow him in the little things of life. And as I do that, I will have something right to the point to tell other people. But secondly, it also made me think, because I thought, I do think that God is working in my life, but I, I rarely have something to tell. So I actually started to also write down whenever I have like an experience where God is, has taught me something, then I started to write it down. And I could go back and look at those things and see all the things that God has taught me in different situations. And then I, it's easier for me to remember them and also thereby to share them. So that was just a little practical point that I also learned that about writing these experiences down, the little things in our everyday life uh, that can be good to share. Okay, so Yes, we should share what the grace of God has done in our lives, but I mean, how can we just talk about that? Can we just go to someone in our classmates and suddenly talk about it? Okay, let's talk about that. How can we transition to a spiritual conversation? So maybe you know this verse from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, Paul is speaking to Timothy and saying, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Okay. So what does this verse mean? Mm -hmm. So does it mean that we should just 
always preach the word to everyone, also when it's out of season and people don't want to hear, should we just continue to preach the word and they don't want to hear and just continue? Okay. So did Jesus tell his disciples to just continue to preach when people didn't want to hear? No. He said to them, okay, shake off the dust of your feet, go to the next town. So we shouldn't be pressing and when people don't want to hear. But then what does it mean to preach the word out of season? So I'll give a little help from a quote. <laughs> so it says, to be instant, it's El White speaking, she says, to be instant in season is to be alert to the privileges of the house and hour of worship and to the time when men are conversing on the topics of religion. Okay, what about then out of season? And out of season, when you are at the fireside, in the field, by the wayside, in the market, seek to be ready to turn the thoughts of men in a suitable and wise manner to the great themes of the Bible. Okay, so we should preach the word in season. That is, when we have our divine service, our Bible studies, and so on. But also we must be ready also in all the other parts of our lives when we are among people to turn their thoughts toward the great themes of the Bible in a suitable and wise manner. Okay, so how can we then do that? What are some practical things we can do to transition into a spiritual conversation? So I will just share a few of my experiences it will always, of course, be different from people to people how they can do that. So I know someone, for instance, that has a, a maybe uncommon name that is from the Bible, and she experiences that that is a, a, a good way to, to share about her faith when people ask, how do, why do I have this name? So I don't have that, so of course it's different from people. Um, so one for me that... Uh, have experienced is something about bedtimes, about sleeping times. So I was once in a, in a class, I was studying chemistry uh, for two months, and then um, the one sitting beside me in the class said, oh, I'm so, I'm so tired, I got to bed at midnight. And then the other one said, oh, I got to bed at three o'clock in, in the yeah, morning or in the night. And then they asked me when I got to bed. <laughs> I said, I went to bed around nine o'clock. like, oh, what? How come? When do you then get up in the morning? I said, I, I get up around five o'clock. like, what? Okay, and then they asked me, so why do you get up that early? And then this was an opportunity for me to tell why. And I was about to make a mistake here that I will uh, also talk about later. When God opens such opportunities, it can be easy to just leave out the spiritual part sometimes. So I was saying, okay, I'm actually living quite far away from the school and, and the bus time, they're not working very well, so I need to uh, actually leave my home quite early. That's what I said. And then she asked me, but why do you need to get up that early? <laughs> and then, okay, Lord, I, I need to tell it. <laughs> so God, he gave me a second chance here. It was very gracious. So I shared, okay, I also want to not just 
get up and just be very busy and not have time to think and to spend time with God. And I said, I enjoy every morning to spend time with God in His Word and talking to Him. And they were like, okay, they were quite surprised. <laughs> Actually, one of them said, what? You're, I think you're the second religious person I've met in Denmark. And I feel like having met a rare Pokemon. <laughs> she actually said that. Okay. But, but that was an opportunity for me to later on share much more about my own faith. And I had many conversations with these people afterwards. And it started here with bedtimes. And there was one of my friends, she came to me one day and said, I actually have to admit, yesterday I watched one of your sermons on Facebook. I was like, wow. And, and this was the way that it started. So um, that's a little example. Some other points that I have experienced is, okay, I've gone to this school, actually, that we are at now. And um, that is far away from where I grew up. And it's not normal to go to a high school that is so far away. So when I tell that, I also have the opportunity to share that it's because it is a Christian school. And they can then ask me, so, oh, you're a Christian, how come? And then I have the opportunity to share something more of my faith. What you're doing for the weekend is another thing. It's easy to also leave out everything that is related to church and spiritual things. But I think it's also uh, one way to share. Um, let's see, I think, um, okay, so for me, this relationship story has actually been the most successful one. So, um, as I said, I started studying medicine this year in February, and then after a month or so, I had been writing an assignment with some of my classmates, and then we agreed to meet uh, for an evening to make dinner together and to eat together. Okay. You think it would be a good idea to accept such an invitation? Of course, th there can be times when it's, I mean, there can be certain things that are maybe not proper, but when Jesus was invited to the feasts of people, of the rich people and so on, did he then accept it? He did. So that was an opportunity for him to mingle with them and to, to share. Um, so. I accepted the invitation and I was really praying before this evening because I felt like this could be an opportunity for me to get to know these people more and maybe um, also to share some more things about my faith. Um, so Ellen White says that before we communicate with men, we should commune with Christ. So all these things and not just the having about the right things to say, we must be in connection with Christ. Okay, so. In this evening, um, it, it came about that one of them asked me, uh, because I said I was getting married to, uh, in the summer, said, oh, please, how did you meet your fiancé? Then I said, okay, it's a long story, but uh, I would like to tell it. So again, I had the um, opportunity to leave out everything about God in the story. but. When God are opening such opportunities, I think it's important for us to include all of these things. That's an opportunity for us to share how God has a part in our lives that can be uh, helpful to them. So I share that um, 
as I had expressed interest in this girl, um, we wanted to pray for God's guidance in these things and not just go into a relationship immediately just because we liked each other. And they were quite surprised about that. That was a bit strange. Um, and yeah, I, I told the long story. <laughs> uh, I also shared about when we, at some point of time before we got into a relationship, we had to leave each other for a long time. But I didn't need to be worried because I could surrender this part of my life also to God. And I just wanted to do His will and follow His plan. And that gave me such a peace instead of a desperation and uh, all this insecurity that is really um, that young people they have about this part of their lives. Early in this conversation um, with these friends, they had shared about all their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends and how they were terrible people now and, and all the pain that came through that. And after I told my story, one of the girls said, she was actually crying as I told the story. And she said, wow, it seems like your faith in God gives you such peace, peace, peace and security. And she said, it really puts my life into perspective. And I could just praise God for that. And I think it was because they were struggling with this thing about relationships and so on. And they could see that in my life, because God is a part of that, that gives them exactly what they are looking for. So I could also only have shared about some, I actually also got the opportunity to share about some of my doctrines there. They asked about that and I happily shared that. But me telling about the state of the dead, I don't think it has such a big influence as when I told about how God actually gave me peace in my life in this path. And um, yeah, so that was an, an entrance for me and an experience where I saw that as I'm testifying of what the grace of God has done in my life, that has an impact. But the thing is, of course, if God would not have been a part of this part of my life, I could not have shared that. That's why we must follow Jesus step by step, and then we'll have something right to the point to tell regarding the way in which he has led us. Okay. Um, another thing is that we should ask questions. So what happens when, uh, like, what happens when we ask questions? What happens to the minds of the people? They start to think. Okay, when I ask this question, you have to think about, oh, so what happens when I'm asking a question? So asking questions make people think. So especially some kinds of questions. Maybe this is not something that really makes people think, but I wanted to include this one as well. This is a question that I also I learned from Dan Milades also at the mission school. So as I'm getting to know someone more, maybe someone that I haven't met before, maybe they are. I don't know, coming to a cooking classes and you're trying to just small talk with them. Asking them, after asking other questions, do you come from a religious background? That is a very safe question to ask. At least I feel people there are not offended when you ask, do you come from a religious background? If I'm asking, do you believe in God? Some people can be more offended. But if they just share about their religious background, then you already know a lot that can help you uh, in, the, in the conversation to come. Maybe they will share about how, well, 
yeah, I sometimes went to church when I was younger with my parents, but I don't do it anymore. Maybe you can ask, okay, may I ask why you're not doing it? And, and that is, that is, I found a good entrance. I will maybe share a story about uh, that question later. <clears throat> and then, yeah, I think I'll, I, will, uh, I will tell that story. So this summer, um, I had to go to an exam. Well, I don't need to mention that. But I was having a conversation with one of my classmates. And that was actually also me telling my relationship story. So she asked, how did you meet your fiance? And then I shared the story. And, and um, then I asked her, do you come from a religious background? And she said that, well, her, her mother was from Poland and was a Catholic. So I sometimes went to the Catholic church when I was younger and um, actually like to talk to the priest sometimes, but I don't think that God exists. But she was still very fascinated as I was telling the story of how my faith had such an impact, a positive impact in my life. And she said, actually, I would really like to believe, but I just cannot. Have you ever heard someone say that? I've heard many people say it. Okay, and then, it would be easy for me just to say, okay, yeah, I understand, and so on. But I also wanted to make this, my, my classmate, to make her think. And see if I can help her a little bit. And not just accept her answer. Um, and and not, not try to make her think. So I was praying in this conversation, okay, Lord, what could I, what could I say? And then I wanted to ask her a question. So I said, now that you actually would like that God would exist, how sure are you that that is not the truth? Are you 100% sure that God does not exist? And she said, no, I'm actually not, but I just think there's not so much evidence for it and so on. But that question made her think because she thought, well, I'm not 100% sure, and I would really like it to be true. So maybe it would be worth like, thinking more about it and, and exploring it more. So when we ask questions, it makes people think. Um, okay, so um, there's a few minutes left. <coughs> so this is another practical tip about carrying and giving glow tracks. Now for me, I'm, I'm not just carrying glow tracks and giving it to all of my classmates uh, in every class. I'm not saying it, it's, it's wrong, but I don't think that's the best way to do it. However, there are certain times when I'm talking to people that I will not meet again. So for instance, I, was, uh, uh, I had to go, I had to travel somewhere and in Denmark, we have this uh, thing called go more. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was driving with someone, with a stranger, some hours to another place. And, um, and I talked to him, and I think I got into a spiritual conversation because of that I was going to a Christian school. I think uh, that was a transition. Um, and I then asked him a question. That's also a good question to ask. Do you believe that there is more between heaven and earth? That's also a rather safe question to ask. And he said, yeah, I believe so. Not a Christian, but he had had some, 
strange experiences in his home where he had seen like this flashing light and then there was a girl and okay so he had some experiences and then he started to ask me about so what do you think it was that I saw <laughs> and and I then had to I uh, had the opportunity there to share about the Bible and about I think there are more between heaven and earth I think there is this great controversy and God he wants us to choose him but there's also an enemy and I had an amazing conversation with him but in the end I had to leave and I would probably not see him again so I had some glow tracks with me uh, glow tracks maybe I, if you don't know some small tracks um, maybe I have one in my wallet I think so like this one this is a mini lifestyle mini speaking about an intelligent faith for instance so it is something that people they can look at afterwards and read if they may maybe not remember the conversation and so on um, so also I got this person's uh, contact information and I also sent him a link afterwards to a sermon when someone was telling a testimony that he had a similar experience with that and so on um, yeah also I was speaking to a woman at the hospital at one point when I was getting medication and I thought probably I will not get to meet her again and then I also gave her one glow track something for her to read and then consider afterwards um, yeah okay so these were some things that I wanted to share and I think the most important thing is as I was also talking about in the beginning is that someone brings someone to Christ and there are people out there that need Christ today even as there was 2,000 years ago there are also people today waiting for someone to help them to Christ and there are many things practical things that we can think of but what we need is to make ourselves available for God to use us to pray that he will use us in his service and then to be also intentional about it and when he opens these opportunities that we will pray that God will help us to speak the right words and not try to just avoid it because what we have the message that we have is what people need and um, this we must remember okay I think I will end this session with a word of prayer <clears throat> dear Heavenly Father Lord we thank you that you want to use us even though we are imperfect and there are many things we do not know Lord we pray that you will use us in your service even though we can just do little things with you they can be blessed and Lord I pray that you will open up opportunities for us to share you whenever it is suitable give us courage O oh Lord that we will not be ashamed to talk about the hope that we have in you and I thank you Lord that you never leave us alone that you will help us and speak through us 
We thank you for that. In your name, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.